Hello, and welcome to another episode of the University of Washington's Thrivecast, the podcast designed to help School of Medicine faculty thrive. I'm Trish Critic, and this is the second part of our discussion with Puneet Bhargava. Puneet is a professor of radiology and an expert on time management. Puneet, thanks so much for taking a bit more time to talk to folks about how they can be more productive. One topic that we didn't get a chance to talk about as much as I wanted to is email management, which I think causes a fair amount of distress amongst many of our faculty. Um, During your workshop, you proposed a strategy that included four Ds, and I thought it would be useful for our listeners to hear you walk through those four Ds and talk a little bit about strategies in terms of email management. Yes, email is a big problem um, because we don't do it right. We get lots of it, and it really doesn't add a lot to our lives, um, and, but it needs to be done. Um, so the technique, the, the four Ds technique that I was talking about is you start first off by deleting. I think if you look at your in, inbox first thing in the morning, you find that most of the new stuff that comes in the inbox shouldn't be there in the first place. And so you start off with mercilessly deleting uh, all the stuff that is um, shouldn't be there in your inbox, uh, is not required, um, or, or, or it's important, but it's not relevant at the time. So you start with that. The second thing is um, you'll have something that you're going to do that got assigned to you that day, but maybe it's months or possibly even a year down the road. Um, to let that thing sit in your inbox and watch it every single day just subconsciously creates a lot of stress. So um, the second D refers to defer. And so it's a good idea to either take that topic and put it on your calendar months down the road, maybe three months before when it's due, and then refer to that, that, oh, I have this deadline coming up. It's 90 days from now. Because the reality is most of us... live from deadline to deadline, and we we finish work a few days before the deadline, if not the day of the deadline. So start work when it's due, and otherwise don't worry about it. You know, get on with life. And get it out of your inbox. Get it out of your inbox. You don't have to look at everything you're supposed to do in the next year or more every single day. It's paralyzing. Um, the other way to do that is you can use the snooze button. It's a little nifty uh, trick. So there's a snooze button in most of our emails, and you can cl- go to the snooze button and have it come back to the top of our inbox like 90 minutes um, before it's due. So f- until the date rolls around, you're not going to see it, but it's going to come to the very top of your inbox when you should actually be working on it. So that's the second D. The third D is delegation. And The delegation part is often misunderstood because some of us think that people are going to think less of us if we're going to delegate, and that's not necessarily true. I think all of us need to be working at the highest level of our potential, right? So if there is a really, really complicated task to be done, then the person who has those special skills should be working on it. But if there is a, let's say, for example, a medical student in the group or somebody who may not have those skills, but that person can be deferred tasks that are much simpler, that are within their skill set and comfort zone, so that the whole team is maximizing uh, the efficiency that's available in the group. I think delegating is a really important skill, and it's hard, and we don't teach people how to do it. So I'm wondering if you have a strategy around 
how you communicate that you're going to do that. So people don't feel like you're just dumping stuff on them, but that you're in some way a collaborative team like you were describing. Yeah. So so I personally never delegate through email because if you delegate through email, you're you're making an assumption that that person has all this extra time. And because you asked, they're going to take on the task. I think there's a large amount of assumptions there. So I actually uh, will first ask permission in person, and I will make a, a good case of why it would be a good idea for that person to take on this task. And I try to make it a win-win situation so that if we're able to complete that task on time, there's something big enough for them and there's something big enough for as many people on the team as possible. So that if we're successful, there's no one person who's successful, it's the team that's successful. Mm -hmm. And I also tell them that it's not we're giving all the work to them, I also explain to them that everybody is working on these pieces so they feel like the the workload has been equally distributed. But the most important part about, about this discussion is to come to an agreement on, on a timeline which they're gonna stick to. So we come to an agreement that they'll get back and do their do their assigned task in 30 days, 60 days. But I explain to them on how important it is that they keep on their timeline so that the whole project doesn't get stalled because of something that one person didn't do. Yeah, I think those are helpful tools because I think sometimes we attempt to delegate and we end up not creating a positive environment for the team. I also like thinking about how we then thank and recognize and acknowledge the whole team as part of that so that there's, as you said, you create a win-win. Anyway, I took you on a tangent because I think sometimes people try to do the that D and it doesn't go as smoothly, but there's a fourth D that you were going to tell there's us about. There's a fourth D. And, and even though it is the fourth D on the list, it's actually the most important D, which is the do part. So a lot of people find these four Ds and they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. They do the deletion really well, they delegate real fast, and then they defer tasks, and then they're like, I'm done. I'm having an amazing day. Three out of four things on my to-do list are done. But now is the time to actually do the work. So these other three Ds are probably best done in the low energy parts of your day when you're saving the do for the high energy part of your day. So if you're starting with deleting a lot of stuff, maybe keep the big frog of the day for maybe the next early morning where you where, where you're well rested and and really driven to do good things. I can't let you throw out the phrase frog without explaining that because our listeners are going to be say, saying to themselves what the heck is he talking about about this frog. So, can you explain what you're alluding to and I have a sense from previous conversations but Yeah. I think this is a very interesting idea in in the personal productivity realm. And it actually comes from the book, Eat the Frog by Brian Tracy. And the idea is this, if somebody were to eat a frog, not, not that anybody would, but if somebody were to, um, it'd be very uncomfortable. But once it's down, it feel really good, right? And nobody wants to eat the frog, so they're try not to do it, right? But if the frog was the most important thing that would lead to true progress, then it's better to eat the frog first thing in the morning than have to think about that frog all day and leave it until the very end. So the idea is that you know you want to do the most difficult task, the task that you're probably trying to avoid because it's hard, 
but that's really is the test that leads to true progress. And if you actually look at the Eisenhower's matrix, for those who, uh, those who don't know, um, you know, I, I think it's a good idea to just Google it. But it's it's like this four part quadrant where it's urgent and important and urgent and not important. The things that are most important actually fall in the not urgent category. Like nobody says that, you know, we have a deadline to become the most famous radiologist or the most awesome surgeon in the hospital. Those things that bring true value actually don't come with deadlines. So I think the more of the stuff that we, the daily nitty gritty to-do list, the quickly we can do this in the low energy parts of our day and then open up this extra time that we didn't have because we didn't plan uh, as much as we should, um, that actually leads to progress if done consistently over time. Fair enough. And I'm a big fan of eating the painful email frog at the start of the day. I'm with you on that. Though I have to admit that I never thought of as eating a frog prior to you sharing that thought with yes, me. I, yes. I think I think some of these stories, you know, like we can talk about factoids um, and we forget facts because we, you know, it's, it's the attention economy and we get so many factoids thrown at us through media at work and email and whatnot. But I think these stories actually stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people will remember the stories because they're funny, they're weird. Um, but but then but then the idea behind the story will will make a difference. I agree with you. Um, I'm going to come back to email because I had one other thing I definitely wanted to talk about, and that is something that you alluded to about when someone emails you with a really long email or an email that's sticky or has conflict in it or feels kind of like a hot topic. What is your strategy when you get an email like that? So different strategies. Um, so I think, um, and and this is sort of a personal philosophy that I've embraced. It may not work for everyone. I try not to be an email ninja of sorts and be the first person to respond. Um, what that does is that because people see that I'm not a fast responder, sometimes I'm not the person they ask if there's many people who could help them. And that's by design because, because if there's other people who can help them, um, then I don't want all of their questions to come to me just because I'm the first person who responds to mm-hmm. it. I also don't think that email was designed to replace in-person communication when it was first started out by Sabir Bhatia in, in, uh, when he started Hotmail. I think it was a medium of communication and we're up to this point that we're actually abusing it and it's actually now at the point where people don't want to talk to each other, they want to text or email. I think that's very impersonal. So if if something is very politically charged, people are having emotional outbursts, um, I, I don't tend to participate in those because I feel like in person, I can explain myself much better. I, I can respond to how people are reacting to what I'm seeing um, much better. Um, I can I can defend myself. In an email, uh, there's every likelihood that I would be misunderstood. Um, writing emails when you're emotional, um, and there's a very thin line that one might cross into unprofessionalism, um, you're producing evidence that may be used against you, or people might misunderstand you. How we do email is a reflection of us. I just don't want to go there. I would much rather talk to people in a difficult situation, in person, explain myself, use voice modulation, my body language, and actually 
respond to other somebody who I'm talking to their body language and 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 come to a a a mutually agreed solution and we can and we can easily do this in a respectable fashion than to do this through email so i think i think the medium has to be understood well i think if you really feel emotionally compelled to respond to a difficult email it's okay to type it up and keep it in the draft fashion and then revisit it after you've slept over it to see if you would like to be seen in that light and the odds are you'll probably end up deleting it and not actually sending it out i give people the same advice but i always tell them make sure that the two space has no name in it so that you don't accidentally send it because i have heard of people doing that and I think there is some catharsis in sometimes writing that email, and it's almost never something that you want to send to somebody. Yes. So I I give the same advice. And I really like the message of, if you get that email writing, call me, or let's talk, or whatever that is. I, I like the personal stuff. Sometimes you can't even be face-to-face, but even on the phone is better yes. than email because email has no tone. It has the tone of whatever the reader chooses to hear as they read what you wrote. So I I think that's really sound advice. And I think you're right that it doesn't necessarily work for everybody, but everybody maybe would benefit from pausing to say, is this one of those times when probably I should just talk to this person? I think the other one that I see when people get fired up is they like to CC lots of people. And I think that's a dangerous thing to do. And one, one, again, that's worthy of pause before you start including lots of other people in a conversation that seems particularly sticky. Very true. So I, I, I think it's interesting. We, we become so connected to email in our work. We don't really teach people how to do these things. Most of us learn by making the mistakes that we're talking about right now. Yes. <laughs> and I think, you know, in, in this realm, it's okay to make mistakes, but don't make them twice, right? And then it's even better to learn from other people's mistakes because we often see the fallout for when, when email is done incorrectly by people around us and just learn from it. I, I think this is just a, a medium that is uh, just misunderstood and, and, and frankly overutilized. I, I think I really value people um, and, and the relationships I have with them and the joy that it brings. And I think email takes all of it out. I have one more um, question for you about email before we wrap up. And that is, I've personally tried and failed to do this, but I'm wondering what you think about the folks who are able to compartmentalize email into two times a day or three times a day or one time a day and then not be on email the rest of the time. I think, I, I think you know, um, in, in many, many instances, email is not true work and doesn't lead to true progress. So I think, you know, living out from an inbox is just not the way life should be lived. Um, I think we do have to respond to our email in a reasonable time. Now that reasonable time may be 24 or 48 hours for most responses, mm-hmm. maybe six hours or less for for a few other things, but definitely not less than five minutes for most of the email. So having a philosophy about how quickly is a reasonable response to the question that is posed and then having the phone alerts turned off so that the phone doesn't go off, mm-hmm. like with every single email, spam or not. And then just, you know, batching email is a good idea. So you so you can actually get to email when you want to. And then when you're not doing email, focus on 
life, focus on meaningful work. Um, email can really be a huge time sink because you can get sucked into email when you thought you would spend two minutes and before you realize you're two hours into it and sometimes emotionally exhausted by, by all the responses. Maybe you're not typing those difficult emails, but you're actually reading them. Even that can be emotionally exhausting. Mm -hmm. I think all you say is wise. And it's something that I think we need to keep having conversations with with our colleagues because understanding what we all think is the right etiquette about email, the time frame for responses, how often you're going to be available when you might not be available are things that we need to talk about because it can start to run our lives instead of yes. us using it as a tool to, to achieve the things that we want to yeah, achieve. So one thing that has really worked well for me is a few years ago, um, I got forced by my wife to not respond to email while on family vacation. And I was uncomfortable. But later I realized that, well, the whole idea of not responding to email is that I'm on vacation. So it is not an expectation. If it is something that's really important, I bet somebody would call me and all my colleagues have my f personal cell phone number. The other thing that I did was I stopped responding to email on, on weekends. Uh, I would occasionally slip and read, but I would be strong enough to not respond. And so what that did was over time, I started getting less and less email on weekends because my colleagues and collaborators figured out that He's not going to respond on the weekend, so what's the point? And that helped. That made my weekends much more enjoyable. I think we'll end there on that that note of wellness, which I think is a good one for all of us to think about how we might incorporate into our lives. Um, we have a very busy existence, and finding the times that we carve out that we're not engaging with work, I think, is really important. Um, thanks so much for all of these pearls and all your thoughts. As you said at the beginning. It's all individual and personal. So I think you've given a, a nice array of options for folks to think about in terms of how they strategize around productivity in general and email specifically. So yes. And if I could end on, on this note where I think it's a journey that all of us will feel compelled to take at some point in our lives. So we might as well take it on early in our careers and, and make things not just more efficient, but become more intentional with our lives so that the things that we truly want to do and the things that bring value, um, those times can be maximized and then try to automate or not do things that really in the big picture don't matter. And so, and, and then bring maximum value to the limited time that we have on this planet. Thanks so much, Puneet. I'm sure our listeners will get a lot out of this Thrivecast. Thank you. To listen to more episodes of Thrivecast, you can find them at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find them at the UW School of Medicine faculty website. Thanks for listening and have a great day.